Hey there guys and welcome to the Omega Christian. My name is Joseph Abraham and this is podcast number 5. You can now find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube and several other places. Now, in today's podcast I wanted to share the audio from the soul winning video which was titled, Are You Prepared to Die? Which you can find on the YouTube channel if you wanted to see the video version. But uh, I know that there are some people that will listen to this on the other platforms now. And for those people, I thought I would bring the YouTube video and turn it into an audio-only format. Mostly because it's the, in my opinion, (laughs) the most important thing that you'll ever hear. How to get to heaven. And so uh, I just wanted to make sure that everybody had access to that. And uh, if you already know, based off of the Bible, how to get to heaven, well then great. At least you hear something that you can share with someone else. Or maybe it'll be a refresher if you're doing soul winning yourself. And if you are one of those people that you maybe listen to Christian podcasts and you don't know how to get to heaven, well then you're missing the very most important thing that you could possibly hear. At least in, not even in my opinion. I would say, I was going to say in my opinion, but it's not in my opinion. It would be in your opinion, too. Because, I mean, do you want to go to hell? What's the point of listening to a podcast about the Bible if you're going to end up in hell? I think everything else comes second place after salvation. And also, if you have any interest in understanding the Bible, you would first want to understand how to get to heaven. And not only that, biblically speaking, you will not be able to understand the Bible correctly if you are not first saved because there is an understanding that comes from the power of the Spirit of God, aka the Holy Spirit. And uh, you need to receive that first and you receive that when you get saved. So I will play that for you guys. And But first I wanted to talk about a few other things before I get into that. So I'll save the audio from the soul winning video for the very end of this video. Now, uh, I know it's been a while since I've made this podcast, and it's mostly because I've been busy working on other things. Uh, Also, and then just working at work (laughs) as well. But uh, I'm going to try to get back into it, and I'm going to try to be able to at least do one podcast a week, if not two podcasts a week, but it will also depend on the schedule. And I already think I have an idea for the next podcast I'm going to do, which I'll talk about in a second, but first I want to go into the Bible reading plan. Now, if you've listened to the other videos I've done on YouTube or the podcasts, you may already know the plan that I laid out in the past, and for that plan... It used to be where I was going to do, I believe, 26 chapters of audio Bible a day, and I was going to do four chapters of actual Bible reading. And since then, I've decided to switch it again. And I'm going to do, instead of doing the audio Bible, if I do decide to do audio Bible, it'll just be separate. It'll be like a bonus. But mostly, it'll be just reading. And what it'll be is, well, mostly because of schedule now, I can't read uh, 30 chapters a day. I don't have the time for that right now. So I'm going to do eight chapters a day. I think eight chapters is a good middle ground and I think it's better than doing four or even six chapters which I tried to do previously. But eight chapters I think is good and for this plan what I do is I go through different parts of the Bible at the same time because just going from one end to the next if you're just reading the Old Testament or if you're just reading the New Testament or if you're just reading Psalms maybe in Proverbs you end up being deficient in the Bible just like if you were to eat food if you only ate vegetables or if you only ate ate protein or if you only ate fruit you would end up even though you feel full you would be deficient in certain minerals or certain vitamins and whatever else 
And so I think you want to approach the Bible the same way where you don't just go from one end to the next because that ends up being discouraging, especially I think if you're like somewhere in like Leviticus or Numbers, it's going to be very discouraging to keep going through the Bible when that's all you're reading every day. And not only is it going to be discouraging, you're not really going to get much out of it, at least for me. Speaking personally, I don't really get a lot out of it that way, but now this new plan that I've been using for me, it's been fantastic, and so I'm going to tell you guys about it because I think it'll be fantastic for you guys too if you want to try it out and if you don't have a specific plan that's similar to this. So currently, I try to divide it up into two portions of reading a day because of schedule and so forth, but uh, you can always do it at one time. But the first portion, in my opinion, which should be the first, this is so if you have only a limited amount of time in the morning, this is what I believe you should do. And this is what I do personally, or at least what I try to do in the morning, which is one chapter of Psalms in the morning, which, uh, because Psalms is a book that praises God and it also teaches you to trust God. And it's a book of prayer and also a book where prayers are answered and also hymns and so forth. And, uh, so for me, I think Psalms, one chapter of Psalms in the morning, and then also one chapter of Proverbs in the morning, and that's where you get your wisdom from, Proverbs. And uh, you can now apply it throughout the day because you got it first thing in the morning. And for me, it's fantastic that way. I think it's really good to have those two books in your mind in a recent memory when you're going throughout your day. And so those are the two things I would do in the morning, one chapter of Psalms and one chapter of Proverbs. And then the next part, when you have more time, a little bit more time, is I would do three chapters of the Old Testament a day, where you're not counting one chapter of Psalms or Proverbs. Those don't count. Just three separate chapters of the Old Testament. And uh, that's, again, for historical purposes, for getting just... for con You want to keep a historical perspective in the Bible when you're going through the Bible. For even like the New Testament and everything else, it's good not just to, again, just to be able to read one part of the Bible, but to have all of it within recent memory. And so for me, three chapters of the Old Testament works because if I do less than three chapters, well, then I'm barely at best getting through the Old Testament once a year, if my math is correct. But if I do three chapters of the Old Testament, excluding Psalms and Proverbs, I would be able to get through the Old Testament at least once a year and more than once a year. Not twice, less than twice, but more than once. I think it's like one and a third or one and a half, something like that. And then the next thing is now we're going into the New Testament. And for the New Testament, what I would do is also divide that up as well. One chapter of the four Gospels a day, that way you have the Gospel within recent memory. And then two chapters of the other parts of the New Testament a day. So that would include Acts and that would include the Epistles and Revelation. And again, for me, this works out. It just works out very well. And uh, it just, it has changed, I think, my personality too in uh, a few ways. And I feel the difference. Other people have noticed the difference. And it just, not only does it just put the Bible into recent memory, and where you can access everything. You have parts of the Old Testament in your memory, you have parts of the New Testament, and the Gospels and everything else, the Epistles. Not only that, but uh, it just, it makes me, like, happy. It just changes my behavior, like, my attitude and just my emotions. And I just end up being a happier, more well-rounded person. And so that's why I wanted to recommend this to you guys if you wanted to try it, if it sounds like something that's interesting to you. Now, uh, other than that, so the other idea that I have for a podcast 
podcast, which I might do as a podcast, is a series that I'm currently doing uh, called The Character of a Christian. The series is based off of the Sermon on the Mount, which is based off of the Beatitudes, which is contained within uh, Matthew chapter 5 and is verses 1 through 12. Now, currently I'm preaching this at the church, at my local church, and I'm preaching it during the men's night. And uh, now during the men's night, there's not too many people, and you might notice that if I do decide to post a video, because they do record the preaching at my church and I might post the video. I do have to look at the video. I have not looked at it yet, but I have to look at it and have to see if it's good enough to post online or not. And I might post it online where I do a video and I put it on YouTube. And I might also just do a separate version audio and just do that on the podcast for those that may not watch uh, the YouTube channel. But uh, I'm not currently sure yet. I have to just see what the video looks like and then I'll decide from there. But again, and if it doesn't work out well, if it turns out the video quality is not that good, I might just decide to do it where I would just record uh, podcasts like this and I would just preach it in podcast format. But Or it even might be a combination of those two things, to be honest. Uh, it might just be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, depending on the quality of each and every video. But we'll see with that. And what this does is, at least for me, it's given me more experience with preaching because I currently don't have too much experience. I've probably only preached, I think, uh, well, if you don't count soul winning, personal soul winning, I've preached on a pulpit, at least. I've probably preached less than 20 times, I would say, in my life. And I would like to get more experience with that. And uh, I think it goes hand in hand with doing the podcast. I think doing the podcast gives me more experience speaking. And then also when I do the preaching, that gives me more experience again, where they both feed the other. One hand helps the other in that case, where podcasting helps preaching. And I think preaching helps podcasting. And so just speaking in general and speaking about the Bible more specifically, I think just is just a great thing to do. At least for me, I enjoy doing it and uh, it's just a pleasure. But um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. And I'm looking forward to hopefully sharing that with you guys. And so you can see what I see at least. And this is something I saw in Bible college that the Beatitudes are a reference to the character of a Christian. And I know that there are some commentators who say, oh, well, this is not just the character of a Christian or this is just something for the kingdom or whatever else, but I think it, you have to try very hard to to say something like that because it's very obvious to me that it is the character of a Christian, but I will save any more talking about that and just save it for just the actual, the audio or the video or whatever I decide to do, but just look forward to that because I'm hoping to start doing that soon for you guys. Now, another thing I'm also considering doing is I'm playing with the idea of doing devotionals for the podcast, but the only problem I have currently with doing doing devotionals is I end up either being super duper short where it's just only a few minutes like two three four minutes at most or I end up wanting to be so ambitious that the devotional will have to be a sermon at that point and I'll have to put in the time to do it as a sermon and if I do that it might end up being too much time to keep on doing as a podcast because it might end up causing me to not be able to do the podcast as much as I want to do the podcast but we'll see. I just wanted to mention that that was something that I was thinking of currently. But um, now going backwards a little bit, one of the things I forgot to mention is I'm also considering doing the news and the podcasts where I would do maybe a few highlights from what's going on currently in the world. 
But uh, I know there are other people that do a good job with that. And for me, I don't want it to be the only thing I do in a podcast. I don't want to sacrifice Bible study and then Bible time to talk about the news because you can really get the news from almost anywhere. Now, of course, I maybe not like liberal media. That's a problem because they always uh, they give you their version of the news rather than the news. But there are good sources for the news, and I think you guys probably not really know some of those sources. But we'll see. I'm I'm just gonna have to see what I do with the devotionals and with the the news, and we'll see if that makes it into the podcast or not. But it's just something I wanted to let you guys know that I'm thinking about currently doing. But um, that's I think that's gonna be probably about it. And I think at this point now I'm going to play the video for you guys or at least the audio from the video. If you want to watch the video go to the YouTube channel The Omega Christian and look at the video titled Are You Prepared to Die? Also if you want to share the video for soul winning if you know someone that's on their way to hell this would be a good thing to share with them if you maybe are not good at personal soul winning yourself or if maybe you're dealing with a person who wouldn't listen to what you have to say but would listen to it from someone else well then uh just go to the channel and share that with that person or a family member whoever it may be but i'm going to play the audio for you guys and that will be it for today and if you have any comments or questions you can reach me at the omega christian at protonmail.com and that will be it guys also please pray for me and please pray that i could continue to keep doing these podcasts because as i've already mentioned earlier prayer does make a difference and i do notice a difference in my life when people are praying for me and everyone would notice a difference if you believe the bible then you believe that prayer makes a difference so that's it for today guys and i'm gonna give you guys the audio from the soul winning video and hopefully i'll speak to you guys again next week it is reported that around 150,000 people die every day. Some, being older, see that death is near, while others believe that they have their whole lives ahead of them. They wake up, head to work or school and think to themselves that it's just another day, not realizing that it's their last. They know that death is real, but they tell themselves that they are different, that it can't happen to them, at least not yet. They think that they will know ahead of time when it finally does come. And so they head out the door not knowing that they have an appointment with death. One that they won't be allowed to miss. They are full of hope, full of ambition. And so they head out the door and their feet start the final march towards eternity. One step at a time. Some will die on their way while others simply not return home. A heart attack, a stroke a car accident, a murder, or yet something completely unforeseen will be waiting for them. The novel that is their lives will end abruptly and without a purposeful conclusion. James chapter 4 verse 14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Job 7 7 to 6 says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Job chapter 14 verses 1 to 2 say, Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 24 say, for all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the 
flower thereof falleth away. Now let me ask you the most important question that you will ever be asked in your entire life. If today happens to be the day that you die, where would you go? Would you go to heaven or hell? If you said heaven, what are you basing your answer off of? A good feeling? A personal opinion? The opinion of another? Would you be able to open the Bible and prove your answer using God's word? Maybe your answer is you don't know. If that's the case, then you would be better off sleeping on the edge of a roof of a skyscraper. It would be safer to be on the edge of death and know you are going to heaven than to live a life of false security waiting to slip into an inescapable eternity. Whether you happen to be happy or miserable, rich or poor, any and every human condition is only temporary, whereas eternity is never ending. When you leave earth, time will become irrelevant. There is no more past, no more present, no more future, only always. Let's see what God tells us in his word about heaven, hell, and how we can resolve this dilemma of paramount importance. The first thing we will look at is why we need to worry about hell. And the answer to that question is repeated multiple times throughout the scriptures. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20 says, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. As we see, the scriptures make it clear that we are all sinners. The definition for sin in Webster's Dictionary is the voluntary departure of a moral agent from a known rule of rectitude or duty prescribed by God. Any voluntary transgression of the divine law or violation of a divine command, a wicked act, iniquity. Sin is either a positive act in which a known divine law is violated or it is the voluntary neglect to obey a positive divine command, or a rule of duty clearly implied in such command. Sin comprehends not action only, but neglect of known duty. All evil thoughts, purposes, words, and desires, whatever is contrary to God's commands or law. To summarize, a sin is any thought, intent, act, or lack thereof, that goes against God's righteousness and revealed word along with all its implications. Not only does God state in the Bible that we are all sinners, but he also tells us how we became sinners. In Romans chapter 5 verse 12 we read, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Here we see Paul summarize the events of Genesis chapter 3, where that one man, also being the first, Adam, disobeyed God's command by eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This event is commonly referred to as the fall of man. This is the point where mankind was now guilty before God through his willful disobedience of God's command. Before this point, the world was free from sin. Mankind was immortal and there was no suffering, no illness, and no death. But as a consequence of Adam's disobedience, God sentenced mankind to mortality and estrangement from him. Sin not only brought death to all of mankind along with all other living creatures on the earth, but in a sense, 
became a type of disease, a never-ending infection that mankind would struggle with until they ultimately die from it. In Romans chapter 7 verse 23, Paul writes, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Which leads us to our next point. Sin as a disease and as violation of God's law has a twofold consequence. The first one, as already stated, is death. In Romans chapter 6 verse 23, Paul writes, For the wages of sin is death. The second is as you may have already guessed, hell. Psalms chapter 9 verse 17 says the wicked shall be turned into hell. In the Gospel of Luke in chapter 16, we see the story of Lazarus and the rich man told by Jesus along with a description of hell through the eyes of the rich man after his death. The first fact we see is that hell is a place of suffering. Verse 23 says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. The second thing we see is that hell is a place of burning. Verse 24 says, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And finally, the third thing we see is that hell is a one-way destination. Verse 26 says, And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Some people ask how a loving God can send people to hell. Or they say, if God is real, then why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the answer to the first question is because God is a holy God. And the one thing that God cannot do is sin. If God did not have a consequence for sin, if he simply chose to ignore it and allow anyone into heaven, he would indeed be a loving God but he would not be a holy and just God. There would be no justice and there would be no mandate for righteousness. God himself would be a sinful and imperfect God. The answer to the second question is that there are no good people. The Bible makes it clear that there are none that are righteous in the eyes of God. We are all born with this disease called a sin nature where we are incapable of living without sinning. This is not something that God chose for us this is something that we chose for ourselves. In simple terms, the answer to why is the world this way is because we chose to make it this way when Adam chose to disregard God's command. God wants us to choose to love and obey him. If love and obedience have to be forced, they wouldn't be genuine. God chose to love and to create us in his own image, and he chose to also give us the ability ourselves to choose him. So if we are all sinners, and the punishment for our sins is a one-way trip to hell, then how can anyone get into heaven? Well, here comes the good news from God's word. Not only did God choose to create us and give us a free will, but when we chose to defy God, his love for us did not end. Instead of simply allowing all of mankind to reap the rewards of their sins, God chose to give us a way out. He couldn't simply ignore our sins because it would have made God himself a sinner. Instead, God, being holy and just, chose to exercise the only option of saving us which was at his disposal. 
that choice was to take the punishment for our sins upon himself. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God himself, out of love, chose to become a man, to live a sinless life, to share the message of salvation through him and his works alone, and finally, to become the sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. When John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ, he himself boldly proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Because salvation could not be earned by man, because our sin could not simply be erased, God gave us salvation through the offering of His Son on the cross. Salvation not as a work, but as a gift. If we could earn heaven and erase our sins by simply doing good works, then why would Jesus have to die on the cross? The simple answer is because there is no other way. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 state, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 to 28 say, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time His righteousness, that he might be just and a justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So how do we get to heaven? First, we must understand and believe God when he tells us in his word that we are all sinners. Second, we must believe that God chose to pay the price for our sins because there was no other way to save us from the fate of hell that we all deserve. We must believe that Jesus Christ is God in human flesh, that he lived a sinless life, died on the cross for our sins, and rose again on the third day. If Jesus Christ was simply a man and not God, then he would be born with a sin nature like every one of us. In fact, this is one of the reasons that he had to be born of a virgin, so that he would not carry the sin nature which is passed down from the Father. Also, if he himself committed any sins, it would render him unable to pay the price for our sins on the cross. This is why we see Satan come and fail to tempt Jesus to sin in Matthew chapter 4. Finally, we must believe that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. Think about this. How can Jesus Christ save you from your sins and give you eternal life if he himself simply died and did not rise from the dead? Christianity would be no different from any other religion or its prophets. Your confidence of eternal life would simply be placed in the hands of another ordinary sinful man rather than God in human flesh who possesses the power over life and death. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 11 say, 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. The Bible tells us that if we believe these things to be true in our hearts, and confess them to God with our mouths, that God will give us the gift of eternal life in heaven, which was paid for through His Son, Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 reads, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me ask you something. Of all the people burning in agony right now in hell, how many would you say came across the gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ and simply chose to ignore it or put it off, thinking that they would have another chance before they died? Thousands? Millions? Tens of millions? More? Will you make today the day that you know that you are on your way to heaven? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in a day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. There is no specific way to pray to God for salvation, but what it must include is an acknowledgement of your sins, along with the fact that you believe that Jesus Christ really did pay for your sins on the cross and rise again on the third day. Now I will provide a simple example of how you can pray in my own words, but this is only as a guide. If you don't mean or believe the things you are praying, they do nothing. So here it is. Lord, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe that the punishment for my sins is death and then hell. And I believe that Jesus Christ paid the price for my sins on the cross and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me for all my sins and give me a home in heaven when I die. Amen. If you prayed something like that from your heart just now, then you can rest assured that you will be on your way to heaven the day that you die. But now, what will you do with the rest of your life? Will you waste it on empty, vain things that don't matter? Or will you give the remainder of your life to serving God growing in your relationship with him. And what about all the other people in your life that you claim to care about? Did Jesus Christ die for your sins only or their sins as well? Will you go on with your life knowing that they are heading towards an unimaginable eternity and that you could have done something about it? Or will you show them the love of God and what he did to save them from their sins? What will you choose?